So we've been talking about the analogy of a computer and just how sometimes computers get bogged down and our first thing we do is just hit that reset button to shut all the applications down so it can function. And, and, and so we've looked at resetting sin in our lives. We've looked at resetting our words. We've looked at resetting our eyes. And then last week I might have gotten ahead of the game, but it was Valentine's Day, and so we have to give out the roses. Uh, so we reset and we actually went out and we demonstrated love. That was the whole point. Uh, just a quick update on the roses. We did get the other 125 on Monday. Um, they didn't last very well. I threw away probably 95 of that 105 once they got in water. They were all saggy and droopy, and probably most people wouldn't feel God's love if you handed them a dead rose and said, hey, God loves you. So um, we went ahead and just took care of those and got the rest of where they needed to be. Um, but that's kind of where that was. So today, uh, as a pastor... Um, when we have a computer, there's a reason we have a computer, right? Some people buy computers to play games on. Some people buy computers to, to, to browse the Internet. Some people buy computers to, to do homework. I mean, for whatever reason, we have a purpose for a computer. And as a pastor, my purpose, the purpose that God has given me as a shepherd, is to equip his saints for the work of ministry. That's the job that God has placed on my life. And that's what I desire to do in, in, in teaching and preaching and, and sharing is that I could effectively equip the saints, that's believers in Christ, that's anyone who wants to pay attention to what I'm saying, that's, that's the people I get to influence. I want to equip them for works of the gospel. And sometimes I think that in equipping for works of the gospel, pastors have complicated things. And so today is a day of simplification. Today is a day that I just want to simplify our purpose to the very basics. So as a pastor, when I say, you know, what's the purpose or what has God called you to, a lot of people freak out. I don't know what God has called me to do. I'm not sure what my purpose is. I'm not sure this. I'm not sure that. I don't know if I'm supposed to be a missionary. I'm supposed to go this place. I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to start a ministry. We get so caught up in what the purpose is. And my desire today is to not complicate the purpose that God has placed on your life but to simplify so that we can do it well. Because when I know what my task is and it's set before me in a simple way, I can usually, I won't say always, I can usually accomplish that, right? And so as I talk today, I want to share the context of my ministry, the context of what God has placed on my heart, the purpose of our church. We're going to spend some weeks, if we've been resetting, we've got to talk about why we're here. Why are you and I here? Why is Christ Community Church in Crawford, Nebraska, why am I part of the work that God is doing? So when it comes to purpose, these are the verses that resonate in my heart. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, it says in Matthew 22, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, he said, which is the greatest commandment? In the law. And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the laws of the prophets hang on these two commandments. What was happening in these verses? Jesus is talking to the religious leaders. And they've complicated religion with the law. So we didn't know what we could eat, when we could eat it, how we could eat it, what we could wear, what we couldn't wear. Is this, you know, whatever. I mean, all the law, if you read in the law in the Old Testament, it became very complicated and overbearing for, for those who are following it. 
I think the church sometimes has become that. It's become complicated and overbearing. We don't know what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to do it, how we're supposed to do it. And so Jesus did something in these verses. It's, it's something that is powerful to me as a pastor. I will say when I came to Crawford, Nebraska, I had no idea about mission statements or vision or any of that stuff. The pastors are supposed to know. And I'm in a meeting one time and a guy said, what's the mission of your church? His name was John Palmer. He was doing a meeting with our pastors. And I'm like, I have no clue what you mean. The mission of our church is to do church and do it well and reach people. I mean, that's what I thought, you know. And, and, and what's the mission of your church? And, and I remember that meeting was in Scotts Bluff. Actually, it was in Gearing, I believe, in, 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 in my presbyter's home. And I was driving home, and I'm wrestling through this with God. And God dropped something in my lap. And, you know, do you ever think you hear from God and it's like a profound thought? I mean, that was that moment. I mean, I heard from God. I knew. And, boy, this was rich. This was, this was real for our church. This was unique to our context. God spoke to me about purpose. And he spoke these verses. If you've been a part of our church, which everyone here has, our church exists to love God and love people. God spoke that to my heart. I thought it was profound, man. I went on the internet, man, don't do that because I realized it wasn't that profound. I mean, there's lots of churches in America that have that same purpose. Well, duh, Jesus is saying right here, this is as simple as it gets. All the laws, everything we have, it result, re- resides in these two commandments, loving God with everything we have and loving our neighbor as, as ourselves. So then the vision comes in, and I'm just going to finish our purpose statement. We're here to love God, love people, and make an impact in our world. And I truly believe the vision point of our purpose or our mission is that we're impacting our world. That's where we're going. That's why we're loving God. That's why we're loving people. So we can see a tangible impact. Impact changes. Impact touches. Impact transforms in our world. So I want to spend a few moments, if we're going to reset, let's just talk about who we are and what we're doing. Let's spend some time looking at the Word of God when it comes to loving God and loving people and making an impact in our world. Because that's why our computer is on. That's what our computer needs to be doing and doing well. If we can't fully engage in loving God, loving people, this is Christ Community Church, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about us. If we can't do this well, then we need to reset again. Because I wholeheartedly believe as a shepherd in this church, that's the mission that God has given me to equip the church to do this well. We've got to love God well, we've got to love people well, and we will impact our world well. So as we go through a reset, I wanted to take a moment to talk about loving God. How do you demonstrate your love to God? I think it's one of those like Sunday school questions that seems real easy until we really start to think about it. Like if I were to ask you and we weren't sitting in church and you didn't feel like you had to come up with a church answer, how do you demonstrate your love to God? How do you show God that you love him? Because recall, last week we did engage in, in purpose. 
But before we went out, the sermon last week was all about how God has demonstrated his love to us. So when I ask the question of how do you demonstrate your love to God, it's got to come with the premise of John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 19. We love because he first loved us. There's a lot of verses there. We can love God because he loved us first. And I will tell you, if you're trying to love God without recognizing his love first, you're never going to get there. Our love for God is a direct response to the love that he's demonstrated to us. When it comes to loving God and demonstrating our love to God, it is in response to the love that he's revealed to us, primarily through his son, Jesus Christ, through the body of Christ, through the words, through the efforts of the whatever. God has demonstrated his love for us. And so when I talk about loving God, it has to come as a response to the love that God demonstrated to you. You see, God was first, right? And God is love. So God has been demonstrating his love since the very beginning to his people. And our love, your love, my love, now I tell you, it's easier to love someone they loved you first. You know what I'm saying? History of my wife and I and our relationship. I had dated a few girls and told a few girls I loved them. I didn't want to tell anyone else I loved them again until I was married. And at some point, my wife, we were, we were at my parents' house in the side yard, and she looked at me. I believe that's where it was at. And she said, I'm done with this. I just want to tell you I love you. And I looked at her, and I said, yep. I'm not saying that. Boy, it was easy for me to tell her I loved her the first time. God has created us in such a way that he wants our love to be a response to the love that he's already demonstrated to us. We're not jumping out on a limb wondering what he's going to say or how he's going to respond. He's already revealed. He's already demonstrated. He's already shown his love to us. So we're simply functioning and reciprocating the love that he's revealed to us. How do I love God? I talked about Pam and I, and so I'll just talk about early in our marriage. When we first got married, um, <clears throat> excuse me for a second, we didn't do premarital counseling, which is a terrible decision. No one should do that, but I was a pastor, so we were okay. Anyway, moving forward. So when we got married, because I hadn't done that, I felt compelled to figure out something that we should do together as a couple. And so I bought a book. It was called The Five Love Languages by, by Gary Chapman. And I'm telling you, when it came to my relationship and my understanding of my wife, the book is absolutely profound. Because it helped me to understand love in the way love is communicated. And so I asked the loaded question of how do you demonstrate love to God? And I think if we don't give ourselves some understanding or some guidelines, that can be such a broad question that we're not even sure of. I think I'm showing God love, but I'm not sure or whatever. And the same thing happens in our, in our relationships. And so for us, 
in our marriage, there were ways that my wife was demonstrating love to me that I was not receiving or reciprocating. And there were ways that I was demonstrating wife love to my wife. I was a gift giver at that time. I don't give gifts anymore because she never received them. You know, and, and so I'm a young guy and I'm trying to be nice and I bring her a gift and it would be stupid. It wasn't anything powerful, but it was just something cute. And she'd look at it and throw it away. And I'm like, what in the world? Absolute truth. I don't lie. But what this book helped us understand was when she did that, it was hurting me because my love wasn't being received. And it helped me to understand that when I would not talk to her in public or get near her in public, that, that I was not just, you know, I mean, that was, that's an exaggeration there. But we didn't hold hands and we weren't near each other. We didn't put our arms around each other. That was all bad. But physical touch is one of those love languages. And so when I begin to look at how love is expressed and love is received, and I look at myself, then I can see how do I express love the best? What ways can I demonstrate love? And so today is really kind of a teaching point on some, some methods. This guy had five different languages in which we communicate love. And this is relationally, but I do believe it works corporately with God. So it might be vertical with man or, or horizontal with man and wife, but I think this works up and down with us and God. Because he made you how he made you, and you love how you love. So maybe the way you love your wife should be translated in the way you love God. Maybe the way you demonstrate love for your wife or your husband helps you see how you can begin to demonstrate love for God. Because suddenly when we start practicing things, these things, there's fulfillment in us, in our love continues to grow. So I want to talk today about some of these ways that, that, that um, this book, that Gary Chapman, he decided that we express love. So the first one, and you can think about yourself because I think as I share these, you're going to recognize where you fall in all of this. And then I'm going to encourage you that if that's how you show love to each other, then maybe you can try and do that with God. So some people, it says that we communicate love best through words of affirmation. I was in here doing a devotion, and I'm not just getting rid of, oh, the note's not there. Ah, oh, there it is. I was talking about words of affirmation and how sometimes some people, they just need that encouraging word. That's how they communicate love. Have you ever been there where someone gives you a compliment, and you poo-poo them, and you walk off, and you act like they didn't say anything? But they were genuinely expressing love and appreciation, but you're not hearing it or you're not saying it. And they probably would like for you to communicate something back to them, but you're too busy saying, I'm not that, to, to respond to that. My daughter, I say, words of affirmation. On Carrie's stand, and I believe there's one on Walt's stand, but I'm not touching his music right now because there's a lot there. She has a note from my daughter that says, you are the best. Love, Avery. I got a note in my office from my daughter that says something similar. But it's obvious that she communicates love through words of affirmation. You know, we just finished worship, and, and, and I know this great pastor who preached a series last year on, on the meaning behind the music, but oftentimes worship is, is a great moment for us to use our words to genuinely express to God how good he is. So when we sing a song like, Good, Good Father, that's what we're singing. That's, that's what we're saying. That's an opportunity for us 
to speak to God. It's an opportunity for us to to respond to God in the love that he's demonstrated to us. In Jeremiah 31, I don't have the I don't have the verse in my PowerPoint, but but God literally tells us, "I have loved you with an everlasting love." That's a good word. And I think we 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 like to hear those things, but the reality is we can respond to God with those same things. I was thinking during worship, okay? It'd be weird, but just track with me for a moment, Joe. Amanda comes up to you, walks up to you, and she starts saying, You're perfect in all of your ways. I'm saying, Roy, Donna comes up to you. You're perfect in all of your ways. There's nothing weird about that, Walt. It's every family has that happen all the time. Words of affirmation are powerful expressions of love. David, the psalmist. If you think about the book of Psalms, I mean, real manly Bible study we're doing right now, we're reading the book of Psalms, and then we like kill stuff afterwards just so we feel manly. David is absolutely someone who communicates love through words. He communicates love through words because he's heard the word of God. He's experienced God's revelation of his love through words. Psalm 119, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He says, I will praise God. So because of God's love for me, I will praise him, God's name, in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. And he's not talking about the animals, but he's talking about the sacrifices. Some people were expressing love to God through sacrifice. David said, no, I experienced God's word. His words were sweeter than honey. So I will use words, my words, to communicate my love back to God. In Psalm 146, he says, I will praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Some of us may need to demonstrate Love to God through our words. Maybe it's taking a moment to express to God. That awkward moment where where, where we're wondering what we're supposed to do, but we just stop and we begin to tell God how good He is. And we begin to declare to God the things that He's done and the reasons that we love Him. Oh, how do I love Thee? Let me count the ways. That's demonstrating love. To God. How do we love God? The next, the, next, the next idea this book had was quality time. Now, I want to say quality time. Not just time. Relationally, my wife and I spend a lot of time together. But how much of that is truly quality time? Time that is dedicated to being an expression of love. 
There are some people, you don't have to say anything to them. You don't have to to do anything for them. They just want you to be with them. And by being with them, you are absolutely expressing your love for them. That's being with them in mind and body. You know what I mean? I'm a pastor. I'll, I'll admit it. There's several times people talk to me, and I'm with them physically, but I'm not with them mentally. Because my mind's in about 15 other places and 15 other things that got to be done. And so they're talking and I'm nodding, but my mind isn't with them. That's not quality time. Quality time is, 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 is being with them and focusing on them. That's the way God designed us. If you think of the garden, he made Adam and Eve. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. God created Adam and Eve to have fellowship with him. He created them so he could do what? So he could walk with them in the garden. And because of sin and because of hurts, they rejected this love to God. Oftentimes we do the exact same thing. I will say God desires to spend time with you. And that time isn't just about 10, 10, to to 11.45 on Sunday mornings, but God wants to spend time with you. John 15, he describes it this way, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Now think of quality time. Vine and branches. What are they doing? They're just hanging out together, literally. Right? There's no words. There's no talking. They're just hanging out. If you remain in me, and I remain in you. That's how we, we love God. Number three, loving God. Loving people. I mentioned myself, uh, one of the initial love languages that I spoke, probably not so much now, was, was giving gifts. The way we express love to people in, in some ways is giving gifts. God demonstrated his love for us. How? He gave us his one and only son so that we might have life and have it to the full, right? I mean, he gave us Jesus Christ. God has demonstrated the idea, the principle of giving gifts. God said in creation, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth in every tree that has fruit with seed in it, and they will be yours for food. I mean, he gives us everything. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Coming down uh, from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I mean, that's, that's what God has done. But then I sit here and I say, okay, Pastor, you're talking about loving God. Well, how do I give God gifts? I mean, talk about getting a gift for the guy who has everything. How do I give God gifts? Like, does he want me to go buy some roses and put them on the table and say, hey, dear God, here's your roses. You want to talk about the greatest gift you can give. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. You want to give God a gift that blesses his heart? You want to give God a gift that that, that demonstrates your love for him? You give him your heart, you give him your mind, and you give him your soul. That's the, The soul is like the flesh part of you. 
You give him that stuff. Suddenly then God is, is experiencing love because of the demonstration that you're bringing to him. Number four. I'm going to pause for a second. This is a commercial. Angie, this is not meant to embarrass you. Angie told me she has to leave at 1130. I'm talking about acts of service now. If Angie gets up to leave, I expect someone to walk out with her. She parked on the far end of the parking lot, and there is ice out there, and I don't want Angie walking on the parking lot by herself. So sorry, Angie, it fits in my sermon, but just in case you have to go, I want someone to walk you out. Everybody understand? Now, I don't mean the whole church, because if the whole church gets up, it's going to make things really awkward for me. Acts of service. That's putting someone else's needs above your own. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 said, God demonstrates his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Matthew chapter 20 verses 6 through 8 says, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. God has, has demonstrated service to us. He sent Jesus. He meets our needs. He takes care of us. He does what, 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 what no one wants to do. Remember the whole story of, of washing the feet? He does that in my life all the time where he's serving me. How, how, do, I, how do I serve God? I'm going to use a bad word right now. It's a word we, we don't like. I know Levi loves it when mom says obey. I want to tell you, you serve God by obeying him. That's how you serve God. That means when he says do it, we do it. Even if we don't want to do it. Even when we don't understand why we're doing it. Even when we think that there's a better way to do it than the way that he's telling us to do it. We simply obey. I talked about John 15, the vine and the branches, and it's all about God demonstrating his love to us and us Demonstrating our love to God. Obedience. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. That's obedience. That's service. That's the way we serve God. And finally, physical touch. And I'll say, probably for some with God, this might be the most challenging one. Because God is eternal, and you're saying physical. And a lot of times we think of physical in the sense of me doing this right now. I mean, there is physical touch that's been demonstrated by God. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. But many of us, we can relate to the touch of God more like they, they did in First Samuel chapter 10. You'll have to read the story to get the context. But Saul went to his home in Gibeah and accomplished, by, accompanied by valiant men whose hearts 
God had touched. I remember God touching my heart. Many of us, God touched our lives through the words He spoke. This morning. Today. We were able to experience God's love through a touch. Some of us have felt a tangible touch of God where our life was transformed, where we knew the hand of God was speaking to us. That's physical touch. But sometimes we struggle when we reach back. How do I touch God? How do we touch God? And we think about it. And we wonder, like, what do I do to touch God? And I'm going to say, I think the greatest way to touch God is by taking a rose to someone and telling them that God loves them. Because the way we touch God is by touching others. We're the hands and feet of God. And I think the greatest demonstration, the greatest physical touch that we can do is allowing God to use us for his work. How can I say that? Matthew chapter 25 says, The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we meet your physical needs? When did we touch you? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. If you want to touch God, allow God's purpose to be fulfilled through your hands and feet. If you want to touch God, touch someone else's life with a rose and say, I want you to know that God loves you. That's how we demonstrate Love to God through physical touch. You guys can come forward. This morning was, I, I hope it's a, a teaching point, maybe an inspiration point, but we as a church, we exist to love God. And I want to challenge you to find a way to demonstrate love to God. I want to challenge you to think about these, these ideas, these concepts. Maybe this is very familiar or very unfamiliar with you. Well, again, we'll talk about them. Words, words of affirmation. What are my words saying? How are my words coming out in order to, to speak love to God? The other one is quality time. Like, what is my time doing? How is my time functioning with, with God? How is my time not just time spent with Him, but time dedicated to Him? Words of affirmation, quality time, giving gifts. What can I give God? All your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Acts of service. What is God asking you to do? I want to challenge someone in this room. God's been, God's been asking you to do something for a while. And you haven't done it. Maybe you can demonstrate him love this week by doing what he's been asking you to do. And finally, it's, it's physical touch. How can you touch someone's life? Is there someone you know in need? Is there someone you know with a want? Is there someone you know with, who needs a, a heartfelt need fit? 
met. And you can be the hands and feet of God. Father, we come to you this morning, and I pray across this room. First and foremost, God, we love because you loved us. And I pray that that we continue to feel the love that you've demonstrated to us through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that, that we can bask in that love and begin to reciprocate that love. And God, for us, the, the, the body of Christ, your saints, equip us. I pray you help us to love you with all. God, that if we can accomplish anything this week, it's that we're loving you with all. With all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, it says in another verse. And God, highlight to us how we communicate love. So we can demonstrate our love back to you. thank you for this word. God, I thank you for this moment. I pray that, that you help us as the body of Christ to love you well. I'm going to have them lead us in a chorus. I will open the altars if you have needs in your life. If you want to respond to this message, if you say, Pastor, I'm still not discerning where God wants me in the middle of this. I want to be able to pray with you if you, you have a situation or circumstance that we talked about in the beginning, uh, maybe the need you've been praying for that you haven't seen God meet and we can pray together. I want to pray with you. But I want to encourage you to to challenge yourself to demonstrate your love to God this week. Amen? But I try to keep it as simple as we can. Our purpose is to love God. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to love Him. True religion, simplified religion, the law simplified in Jesus was to love Him with all and love our neighbor as ourselves. Demonstrate your love to God this week. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you intentionally demonstrate your love to your Father. Amen. Be blessed.